Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. It's a joy to see everyone. <clears throat> so I want to welcome those who are here as visitors for this very special immersion intensive and uh, it's it's, it's a, a great honor in many ways to have you here and a joy because it may be the last time we can invite people we don't know we're going to keep inviting but they may not be able to come <clears throat> conditions are changing rapidly <laughs> So, uh, I've been cocooning for a couple of days trying to figure out uh, how much about the current situation should be uh, spoken of and how relevant that is to the visitors. Because from a, a, a perspective of traditional Sat Yoga, which is a perspective on reality that is non-dual. It's part of the Advaita Yoga tradition that goes back to the earliest uh, moments in the historical development of yoga. The world conditions are uh, irrelevant since the world is only uh, a non-existent dream. And we are the dreamers of that dream, but we don't exist as uh, a multiplicity, but as a unified field. And it's the illusion of the multiplicity, the illusion that each one is a separate consciousness identified with the bodily organism that creates the suffering and the sense of uh, separation from that wholeness uh, that produces the need for a process like yoga. Yoga itself, of course, I'm sure I'm speaking to the choir here and everyone who is here knows a lot about yoga already, but the word means union. <clears throat> and there's a question, is it an act of union that has to be achieved? Does one have to move from a state of duality into non-duality? Or is it simply a union that has to be realized, recognized consciously in order to overcome the uh, emotional uh, limitations, let's say, and instabilities of the ego level of consciousness identified with the body and, and with the sense of separation from the uncreated infinite self? that in reality we are. In Sat Yoga, which is an attempt to recapitulate that original yoga, uh, we will speak about it in both ways, but the primary way is the most direct, which is the realization that you are already that, 
There's nothing that needs to be done. And by affirming or ratifying that there is something need, that needs to be done, then you're ratifying the reality of the doer that needs to uh, get better, get more holy, get more unified, get more silent, uh, change in some way. Whereas uh, it's not really necessary. What's necessary is simply a shift of, uh, of paradigm in which the non-dual truth is realized regardless of the state of the ego or the state of the organism or the state of the world. All of that is irrelevant. So I want to emphasize that that is the truth. And yet, through experience, I've discovered that that's a very simple yet very difficult truth uh, for uh, those who are at the ego level of the illusion to grok and to make use of uh, to achieve the liberation that they uh, already have but, uh, but cannot uh, feel the benefits of. So, <clears throat> therefore, we approach this from both non-duality and duality in order to try to help uh, facilitate the overcoming of the obstacles that the ego in its attachment to the body and the body's uh, personality then that develops attachments to other people and uh, addictions, a uh, sense of neediness, uh, a belief that one requires a certain amount of sensual gratification to feel uh, balanced and a certain amount of props of various kinds in one's environment to feel secure and the ego wants a certain amount of territory and power and uh, a sense of autonomy and etc cetera, etc cetera, that have become a part of the uh, the the world system as it has devolved from those earlier days earlier yugas into what we refer to as kali yuga uh, the Iron Age, the Dark Age, the age in which the truth of our non-dual reality has been forgotten and in which we have fallen to a level of consciousness that uh, is objectively difficult to get out of because of the uh, subjective sense of uh, unworthiness, unbelief, uh, and... Uh, of uh, attachment and capture by various modes of thinking that are illusory but very tenacious in uh, uh, usurping the consciousness and keeping one uh, enslaved to the momentum of the ego intentionality even though one wants to witness it and be separate from it and change its direction the impulses uh, of the ego, its drives, its, uh, its sense of, uh, of need for certain kinds of objects can, uh, can have such a hold, such a magnetic hold and a hypnotic hold on the mind that uh, various approaches to undermine the ego's 
power over the consciousness uh, have been developed and have, uh, have needed to be supplemented through time by ever more uh, concrete and, and, and symbolic and conceptual understandings within the frame of reference of duality in order to help pry the consciousness loose from the uh, ego's grip. And I'm sure everyone who is here already has experienced those egoic resistances that I hope that this retreat will enable uh, people to overcome or at least make strides in that direction that will, uh, will enable liberation to occur easily when it is meant to happen. So that's the that's the uh, the word from uh, Lake Wobegon, where there is no woe and everyone's already liberated. But now let's speak uh, in the language of those who are uh, still in a world that is going through some very radical changes that some people may be disturbed by. If that's the case, then I hope that I can offer you some information that will be of help. Maybe not, because maybe you'd rather stay in denial. If so, you're in the wrong place. But hopefully this will be of use. Okay. So the first a point that I would like to make that probably is not news to anyone is that the uh, planet Earth uh, today is in a state of exception. The French would call it a state of siege, and uh, others would call it martial law or a state of emergency. Uh, but the, the world as people knew it before this uh, pandemic began and the lockdowns and the other uh, withdrawals of our... Uh, of what, of what many people thought were uh, rights and uh, powers and freedom uh, that uh, were uh, inalienable have turned out to be indeed uh, immediately alienable and lost possibly forever, okay? That's really what the state of exception means. Uh, and I'm using that particular phrase in, in, especially because there, there's a great philosopher uh, who is alive today, named Giorgio Agamben, who has written about this thing. In fact, one of his books is of that uh, title. Uh, Agamben. And uh, I, I want to refer to him and his works, as well as to a number of other, uh, let's call them postmodern philosophers, who have uh, predicted and who have uh, thought very deeply about the situation that we are in and its uh, consequences. So it's, it's not a shock to those who have been studying philosophy and history and political science for a long time. Another name that we should put on the board is that of Michel Foucault. And uh, I guess I should put it on.
put the Luz in Guatari. I'll just keep the Luz on there for now. Uh, Foucault is probably the father of what has become known as biopolitics. And uh, he gave a very important series of lectures called The Birth of Biopolitics at the, uh, uh, I think, the Ecole Normale Supérieure in Paris uh, back in the 70s, uh, or 60s, possibly. But, uh, but Foucault was, uh, was the, uh, uh, I think, the, the father of this whole uh, line of thought in its uh, modern terms, but it goes back to Carl Schmitt, who was a, a Nazi uh, political theorist, uh, and you could go back to Machiavelli, you could go back a long way that, uh, that this kind of understanding of power uh, has, been, has been present. And, uh, and it has always been the case, but what Agamben has, has shown is that humans can be thought of in two forms, zoe or bios. Both words mean life, but zoe means bare life. It's any life form. An animal uh, has zoe, and uh, a, 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 a human being who is categorized as zoe has no more rights than an animal or any other uh, you know, mass of protoplasm. Uh, and so in, in the, the categorization of human beings, you can be either zoe or bios. Now what he meant by bios was not biology, but biography. So if you're in the category of one who has bios, you're a human being who has the, the right to participate in politics and to vote and to have a voice and you have certain uh, rights and you, you have uh, uh, human dignity. So in, in the history of, uh, of uh, societies and politics, there have always been certain categories of humans who have been in the Zoe category, whether they were slaves brought from Africa or Native Americans uh, to, in relation to the, the colonists and the, uh, the, the European uh, settlers, or they were in some uh, cases women or children, but, but those who were not of the, uh, the level that uh, uh, were part of the elite, uh, were, uh, were often put into such a, a category uh, like the untouchables, who had not only uh, no rights, but anything could be done to them. They could be put in concentration camps, etc. The Nazis first moved the Jews into those categories uh, for the general public. They made them wear the stars and the, you know, the, uh, uh, to be... Uh, uh, separated, there was an apartheid, and then they could be put in camps and, and treated uh, in, uh, in the Zoe fashion. So this has always been an option for uh, every society, for every sovereign. And we are now in such a state, but it, it has been uh, pushed into uh, practice as a medical procedure. Oddly enough, uh, based on the idea of the sacredness of life, we're going to do this in order to protect uh, 
those who might have the uh, COVID virus, right? But what about all the people who are dying as a result of the lockdown or who will die as the result of the consequences? Their sacredness is not taken into consideration. So we have again a, a situation where the, uh, uh, the excuse is something that is noble but the underlying uh, reason for it and the results will be uh, the destruction uh, of a society which is already underway. There won't be any return to normal. I think everyone already knows that, right? Uh, and, uh, and there was never intended to be. But the pandemic was never uh, the problem. It was a cover for a, the fact that the society was already bankrupt and the collapse was going to happen anyway. The capitalist system was bankrupt. And so uh, this enables the bankers not to be blamed, but a virus instead. But everyone understands the absurdity of the particular rules that we are being forced to, uh, to live under that become more and more extreme and that have no relationship really to health, but they do have relationship to becoming zoe, to becoming one who just shuts up and follow, follows orders and you have no choice and don't think that you can uh, get away with uh, violating this because uh, they have ways of dealing with you. And, and pr pretty soon those who uh, don't give in to mandatory vaccination will be outlaws, etc. So I, I don't think I'm saying anything that's too radical in terms of, of what everyone has already seen. How many people have already recognized that this is what is going on? Okay, is this news to anyone uh, that, uh, who, who thinks this was just a temporary a blip in, in the situation and everything will go back to some copacetic way of being and uh, all will be well? I, I, uh, if so, uh, then, uh, I think that there's, uh, there's some, some naivete. Uh, but in addition to all of the, um, let's say, depressions that are going on, the suicides, because you see, what holds people together is social bonding. And that's what they've claimed is the danger. There has to be social distancing. We have to end social bonds. And that, of course, uh, weakens. That's the whole divide and conquer. But now the whole world has become basically a concentration camp where people are in solitary confinement wherever they're locked down and, uh, and have lost the right to travel in many cases and the right, look how difficult it was for the ones who traveled here, the tests you had to take and all of that. Uh, these kinds of burdens will be increasing and uh, the... Uh, the, the consequences of the breakdown of society in terms of homelessness, impoverishment, famine to come, uh, all of that is, is on its way along with many other uh, political, social, physical, geophysical changes that are, uh, are, are in our future in a very, uh, a very near term, including wars that will increase. And uh, the, the situation, of course, will uh, provoke uh, grassroots resistance that will become more and more violent, anarchy uh, because of the illegitimacy of authority that will be perceived, and the, uh, 
the the loss of, of uh, any kind of cohesion or inability to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So that's the, the situation in a way that, that uh, is, I think, making the spiritual uh, transformation much more urgent than it might have been under ordinary conditions. Because uh, I think the only solution to the situation we're in, uh, not only to avoid the fear and the anxiety and the depression and uh, all of the other uh, consequences that will happen to those who are still at the ego level, but the, um, uh, the change of vibrational frequency, if you understand the the truth of quantum physics and the truth of chaos and complexity theory and the truth of non-duality itself uh, means that as uh, there is a rise in intelligence, in coherence, in vibrational frequency that creates a morphogenetic shift on a planetary level, which can also happen during this same uh, period and perhaps motivated because of this situation, it can all turn out to be the greatest blessing possible for the evolution of the human spirit. So we're seeing both the darkest uh, possibilities and also the highest possibilities are now becoming emergent properties of the situation. <clears throat> so I haven't said any of the things I've talked about in order to, uh, to create fear, but to help you extract yourself from any fear that you might have. But the only way to make use of the situation in order to bring it to a very positive conclusion and, in fact, a new civilization can be born out of this that's at a much higher level of peace and love and unity and all of the separations of classes and national boundaries and all of that can be overcome. Uh, all of that can be done only if we reach a level individually of uh, resonating with divine love and with detachment from identification with the body so that we're fearless in regard to death and, uh, and that we can uh, move forward with the, uh, the power of spirit in a united fashion that can overcome the, uh, the illusions of, uh, of destruction that will become ever more, uh, let's say, uh, palpable as, uh, as shifts in the, in the physical plane, but that will be able to bring about a, a rise of consciousness uh, for those who, not only for those who remain embodied, but for those who become disembodied to remain part of the field that uplifts uh, the entire uh, planetary noetic field for every being. And it is, it's this function, I think, of those yogis. And I, by yogis, of course, I mean whether they're Buddhist yogis or Taoist yogis or Hindus or Christian yogis or Jewish yogis or uh, Sufi yogis. It's all uh, one true uh, process of transcending thought and therefore of transcending the differences in signifiers 
Uh, I don't care whether you refer to that absolute principle as Allah or Brahman or the Tao or God or, or any other word. Uh, the, the question is, are you vibrating at that level of, of, of uh, absolute frequency in which there is a shift of consciousness from uh, the uh, recognition of objects in a, a world of multiplicity to that of a world of light, of non-duality. It's that shift in perception, not simply in belief or faith, but in actual perception and unification that is required. So this is uh, basically the preamble to uh, what, uh, what I think we need to not only understand very deeply, but we need to go to that level of consciousness in which there is silence, in which we have died to the ego while alive and uh, therefore can overcome the fear of the physical death uh, which is inevitable anyway under all conditions for the human, but to deal with the uh, perhaps horror of planetary death in order to bring about rebirth. And it is that process which has been talked about since the beginning of time by yogis, this process of, of time being cyclical, We've gone through many Kali Yugas and we always have returned to a new Sat Yuga. It's now time to do that again and to go through a process that is uh, a, a transformation. And if we understand the, the truth that quantum physics is bringing now to the consciousness of everyone, the, the way that they have found, the only way they have found they can unify uh, quantum mechanics with relativity is to recognize that we live in a block universe. They call it a block universe. That's a little too solid for my taste. But what it means is that all of time is here now. Time is actually an illusion. So even though you might think you're going through time, that's only a linear process of the ego's inability to uh, digest all of the information that makes up reality at a single moment. But all of that information is already present. And to the extent that we open up completely to it, uh, we will be able to be in that timeless mode of being that is part of the liberated state of consciousness even though the bodies will continue to apparently go through time. But everything is already written, it's predetermined, and there's no reason to worry about the future, because the future is actually our ancient past, and we are returning to uh, what we were originally and had simply forgotten. When we can understand that and see that this passage is one that we know very well and, uh, and that we can witness it even from a state of consciousness in which uh, 
we are not doing anything. We, we are watching the merry-go-round of time from a, an immovable spot in the center uh, around which the chronos uh, sphere of, seems to flow, but is all there already, and, uh, and we can be untouched by the events that are uh, creating the apparent uh, movement in time from one age to another. So I hope that's useful to you. But the, the, uh, the outer world is moving from a, a bio-capitalism to a necro-capitalism. And uh, the, the focus on death and the focus on uh, disaster, I think disaster capitalism is already a word that has been in, uh, around for some time, but we are now entering a period of necro-capitalism. Uh, and uh, democracy has been so transubstantiated into totalitarianism. That has already happened. We need to come to grips with these changes and be able to respond proactively to create the kinds of situations that are still possible to create, the levels of freedom that are still exist, the niches in which the higher consciousness can be developed and disseminated, and uh, as much as possible, a unified grid of those who are on the same wavelength to work together, uh, even though separated by space, which is also an illusion, but connected in that unified field. And you may be very surprised how much power that the human spirit has when it is uh, awakened fully and activated fully but we must get past the ego's fear zone and uh, that uh, what Agamben calls a zone of indistinction between the bios and the zoe and the indistinction between law and, uh, and lawlessness because both of them have become the same. Uh, but to get to that place where... Uh, karmic law and cosmic law and uh, the divine law uh, have the jurisdiction over what is happening and that is very clear so that one does not feel like one's a victim or one's in the hands of some nefarious power of some kind. All of that is part of the illusion, not part of the real. So we must be free of the fear that comes with the illusions of Maya. Okay, does that make sense to people? Do most people understand this and and recognize the uh, urgency of uh, of transcending? So I want to talk a little bit more about now the what we have lost. Okay. Can you erase that for me, please? Thank you. Uh, before all of this uh, began, uh, pretty much the whole world was turned into a capitalist system, right? Globalization, etc. And, uh, and, and capitalism has had a psychological effect on human beings. For one thing, it's a profane system, a secular system, 
and, uh, and we have been indoctrinated for over a hundred years in, uh, in a belief in scientism, materialism, uh, consumerism, uh, and, uh, and an ever more dumbed down educational system that has caused us to lose our curiosity for uh, higher truth and, uh, and we have also seen the corruption of the religious institutions uh, that uh, have caused us to uh, justify our cynicism and uh, our uh, turning away from uh, the uh, traditional values that were the cornerstone and the, uh, the, the source of strength and meaningfulness in human culture. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.